ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to part B of episode 131. In part A, we talked about a whole bunch of cloud security stuff. Basically, a bunch of our opinions and a bunch of information about how to secure things in the cloud. So uh, if you're interested in that kind of thing, go back and listen. Because I think it was a good conversation. At least I hope we think it was a good conversation. Otherwise, why did we have it? Right? Well, it's Thursday and we were bored, so got to do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we almost... Uh, we almost ditched to go watch Iron Sysadmin podcast because we saw that it went live right around the same time we did. Yeah, but we're hardcore, and we, we figured, you know. Yeah, we'll watch it later. We want to be better than them. Yeah, yeah, we'll watch it later. <laughs> All right, so this is the part of the show where we have some housekeeping. We're going to talk about our usual announcements, starting with Patreon. So you guys might remember that from July of last year to the end of the year, uh, I had pledged that we were going to take our Patreon funds and we were going to throw them at the American Cancer Society at the end of the year in honor of uh, my mother-in-law who passed away back in July. And uh, those of you who stuck with us and did not, you know, like cancel your uh, your Patreon uh, uh, contributions, I wanted to give you guys a quick update on that. And we ended up at 436 bucks came out of Patreon for those... Uh, Roughly six months. I waited till the end of December, so we got the Patreon funds from December as well. Uh, I threw in an extra, what is that, 74 bucks? No, 64 bucks to bring it up to 500 bucks. And I made that donation on, it was like Tuesday, I think, Monday, something like that. And that's done. So we sent 500 bucks to the American Cancer Society because screw cancer. Cancer sucks. So, uh, all of you who prefer to patronize because you want to pay the show, then uh, if, you, if you're worried about that, we're now going back to putting the Patreon funds back to paying for the expense of the show. I was basically eating those for the past uh, six months, which is fine. You know, the show expenses aren't that much. Uh, but Patreon does cover them under normal, normal circumstances. So, those of you that are still patrons, they are... Name pending 197, Jeremy, Andrew, Tatro, Bruce, Robert, David, Solemn, Linux Sys666, Mark with a K, The Mentor, Mark with a C, Andy, Jay, and Charles. So thank you all for being patrons. And as of, uh, well, now, basically, as of uh, Thursday or whatever, Tuesday of this week, your Patreon funds are now going to go back into paying for the show. So thank you all. And uh, we appreciate you for being patrons. And yeah, that's our Patreon update. Sorry, I got distracted by something here. I just realized that the credits at the end of the show have to be updated for the patrons, which I forgot to do. Now I don't remember where that file is. I guess I'll just have to do that later. Anyway. All right, so... Um, Let's see. From an announcements perspective, I think that's everything other than uh, what I already mentioned in part A of the show, which is that the second show of February, we're going to have a guest on to talk about the Insights Vulnerability Service and probably Insights in general. John's a fun guy. I think you guys are going to like him. Uh, so we're going to talk about that 
when the time comes. So look forward to that. Oh, I found the file now, guys. I should probably do this while Jason's talking about something instead of me just uh, interrupting well, the now, show. Now I'm going to stay quiet just to just to, to make you do it while you're you're, you're talking. <laughs> uh, it's, well, uh, it's 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 not an automation yet. You don't just like feed it a text file and it just. I do. I do, but I had to update the text file. You don't have an <laughs> API that just pulls that straight from Patreon? I should. I should do that. No, actually, I download a CSV from Patreon, and then I use uh, awk to get out the names. <laughs> and then I put that into the notes and into the into the credits. So uh, the API so, is me. So. <laughs> so a curl command followed by an awk command yeah. written into a file. That sounds like a quick bash script to me. On could a, be could be done. Cron. Could be done. Could be done. Maybe I'll do that. Anyway, um yeah. So yeah, if you want to support the show via Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash iron I think is the URL. If it's in it's in the notes there somewhere, guys. Go go look it up. And uh, you can support the show. Um, if you'd rather buy merch, you can find that on Teespring, teespring.com slash stores slash ironsysadmin. We don't have any new reviews, which makes us sad. Maybe it doesn't make Mark sad because Mark got that bad review. Our only bad review, but who's counting? <laughs> Me, I'm counting. <laughs> Jason's like, I never got a bad review. <laughs> <laughs> that Mark guy, he's obnoxious. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. I don't know why he couldn't make it tonight, but uh, he couldn't make it tonight. He seems busy this week. It, it's been a very busy week. Yeah, well, uh, we have an internal conference going on next week that I know he's going to. So it could be that because he's going to be away for several days, he had to like front load the, the honeydew list or something. I don't know. But uh, he couldn't make it tonight. I really have no idea what's going on. He just, he said he couldn't make it. And that's good enough for me. He also didn't make our Tuesday Night Valheim, which was disappointing. Because he's always entertaining. If you think he's funny on a podcast, you should see him when he's playing Valheim drinking whiskey. <laughs> did you ever get Valheim? Well, you didn't, did you? Now I, you have a Steam Deck. I, I, I have it. I haven't had a chance. I've been busy. Dude, you should play it. You should come I'm a bad gamer. You should come play Valheim with us on Tuesday nights. Should. I'm I'm a bad gamer. It's a lot of fun. Although if you join us now, we're gonna have to tech you up. And that that'll just delay everything. So never mind. Don't, you're not invited. Thanks. <laughs> I'll just, I'll, I'll, my son I think my son has a Valheim server, so I'll just play on his. Oh, okay. I don't want to play with you cool. guys. Don't want to play with you guys anyway. I actually have like three or four games of Valheim I'm playing. There's like there's like my main Valheim character that I've been playing for about a year now. And with the new content that just dropped, I picked it up again. And I've got like two others that I restarted. Then I have one I play with the kids and my wife. And then I have one I play with Mark and some coworkers. Yeah. That game's like an addiction. For some people. For other people, they can just pick it up and put it down. But for me, it's I, an addiction. I'm sh yeah, I'm sure it would be an addiction for me as well. <laughs> I, I just, I, I've... It's not on the Xbox, so I don't. I don't have, you know, the Xbox games are like, I'm sitting there and I have 20 minutes and I can sit and play a game. I don't have. I'm not jumping over to other things. 
Well, so, Valheim, so Valheim's the sort of game that you're like, oh, I have 20 minutes, I'll log in and do some stuff in Valheim, and then three days have passed. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, wait, what was I supposed to do? What day is it? Yeah, for me anyway. That's how that works out. Yeah. Why, is my, why, is, my stomach, why is my stomach grumbling so yeah. hard? Yeah, in fact, I'm going to go play some Valheim now. I'll see you later. <laughs> okay. Have fun. <laughs> That that just means that this this podcast is now going to be uh, as long as whatever the recording space is that you have because I can't remotely turn it off. <laughs> That's probably true. All right, so I think we've segued perfectly into chat at this point. Um, let's see, what do I have going on? Uh, on on the fifth, I think it was. Yeah, very early in January, my wife had knee surgery, so. Anyone who's ever supported a spouse or loved one that's had knee surgery knows that you basically have to wait on them hand and foot until they've started healing, <laughs> which is kind of the state that I'm in at the moment. Um, that's why we couldn't record two weeks ago because she was way too close. It was right, way too short after the surgery, and she she like couldn't even get out of bed on her own. Now she's a lot better than that. She can move around on crutches and or with a walker or whatever, but she was literally in a wheelchair. Uh, last time we recorded, that's why we didn't record. So, um, man, how did she? How'd you get the wheelchair into the bed? Oh, I just put it up to the bed and dumped her in. Not how you're supposed to no. do that. I, <laughs> I don't know. If you said she couldn't get out of bed, I figured she was sitting on top of the bed in the wheelchair, just you know. <laughs> I said she couldn't get out of bed on her own. I had to help her. Into yeah, because you had to help. You had, you had to pull the wheelchair down for her. Yeah, I had otherwise she just tumble out. I had to build a ramp and everything. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You always take things so so damn literally. Am I not supposed to? You must do that on purpose. Now I get it. <laughs> it's it's called have you met my kids. It's called smartassery. <laughs> yes. Have you met my kids? Ah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, what else I got going on? Oh, I'm, um, I'm tearing apart the engine in my wife's Jeep because she can't drive it at the moment anyway. So why not? You can't drive your Jeep, so I'm going to rip it apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah, – I won't go into too much detail, although there there is some cross-section of IT people that are also into mechanical stuff. So maybe, maybe people will get this. But there's the engine that's in that Jeep has a problem where it will, after some number of miles, some people say it's as low as like 40,000, which if I had a car with 40,000 miles on it and it started doing this, I would like drive it off a cliff, I think. Uh, but this one has like 110 or 115,000 miles on it. So I, I kind of expect this sort of thing. But it has a, if you've heard of a rocker in the engine, there's, it's, it's basically a, it's like a little lever in the engine that has a bearing in the middle. And as the pistons go up and down, the rocker does things to like release. Um, I think it, it releases exhaust fumes from the cylinder, right? As it comes up. Um, I could be wrong, right? I'm not really an engine guy, but I watched a bunch of YouTube videos about how to fix this. And I thought I could do that. Well, it has one of them. One of them, the bearings went bad and you could hear it. It's like a tick. Every time the, that cylinder fires, you hear a tick. Um, so instead of paying hundreds of dollars to my mechanic, I decided I'm going to try to screw it up or fix it myself at home. Uh, and I have it apart. 
I have the new rocker. I'm at the point where I need to replace the old one with the new one and then put it all back together. And my God, has it been a pain in the ass. Folks, if you don't love working on cars, don't try this. Because <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> I've... Uh, we- we need to have a report when you're done with this on how many parts you had left over. Yeah, well, hopefully there won't be any because I've been I, – I, that is one thing I have learned over the years. This isn't the first time I've delved into this particular part of an engine. Basically, all I have to do is take the valve cover off, which is on the very top of the engine, and right there are these rockers, right? Uh, on my Jeep, I have been this far into the engine because I was just replacing gaskets and stuff. Uh, so this is just like one step further than I've been before. So, um, yeah, so far, so good. Like, I did this stuff to my Jeep, and it worked afterward. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure (laughs) this will, too. (laughs) But we'll see. (laughs) So, yeah, pray for me. Because if it doesn't work, I'm going to have to have it towed to my mechanic, maybe. (laughs) There's that that meme that says uh, mechanic rates, right? The rate is this much if you if you haven't touched it, and it's this much if you tried to fix it yourself. So that's that's the realm that I'm in at the moment. <laughs> uh, let's your, see. Your mechanic doesn't do house calls. No. Well, I mean, I'm I'm in pretty good with my mechanic. He may not charge me extra if he realizes that I tried to do it myself, um, because he realizes that I do kind of know what I'm doing. But yeah, it it could be bad. <laughs> Hopefully it's not. Luckily, I have my own trailer that I could tow it to him with. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty confident it's gonna be fine. I'm, I'm like seventy percent, maybe eighty percent confident <laughs> it's gonna be fine. But uh, I could I could uh, I could put a picture, I guess, in the. It looks terrible. I don't know. Do I have the picture here? I could share it on the stream. I don't know if anybody's watching. I think we got a couple. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's kind of what I've what I've been up to. Then and that's been I was waiting like I was just going to take it to my mechanic because I did not want it to be several nights of work and her not able to drive her vehicle, right? Because we have another vehicle that I drive. And to be honest, neither of us drives a whole lot anyway because I work from home. Uh, mainly where she drives is to like take the kids places and do grocery shopping and like little stuff like that. So, you know, it's not terrible if we're without one vehicle for even weeks, right? We've done it before, but, um, I didn't want to inconvenience, inconvenience her, but now that she can't drive, it's perfect, perfect timing. So I got started on that and, uh, yeah, hopefully I don't screw it all up. Uh, let's see. The other thing I've, I, I picked up a new book, um, and this was from, you guys might remember Eric. I, I work with Eric now in the, in the rel TMM team. Uh, but he was on the show. It might be a year ago now at this point. Uh, he, he goes by Eric, the it guy. Um, he, when he and I were at reInvent, he recommended a book to me by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, it's, there's a series called, he calls it the Mistborn series. And to be honest, there's so many books in it that he wasn't even sure what title the first one was. So I had to go look it up, but, um, and then I didn't put it in the notes. It's like the fallen empire, I think. Yeah. The fallen empire is the first book or final empire. Uh, and I put final it empire. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's right here in the link. I'm looking at it in the it's link. In the link. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, The Final Empire. So I'm listening to it in an an audiobook. Um, I'm enjoying it so much that I recommended it to my wife. She bought it in paperback, and she's been reading it. It's a pretty good story so far. I'm like, I don't know, three-quarters of the way through it. Um, I think it was chapter 29 when I looked at the the thing to get the title, to put it in the the notes today. Um, It's a pretty good good story. Yeah. Have you read them? You you hinted that you had read some I, of his work, but have you read these? I have not read Mistborn. Um, I read his Skyward uh, Skyward Bound series, which is okay. phenomenal. Um, but, it, you know, he's he's an extremely prolific author. Um, he did a Kickstarter the towards the end of last year um, for surprise books. Uh, the first one, I believe, is, a, is actually a Mistborn uh, adjacent novel. Okay. Um, that one just got released and he hasn't announced what the other three are yet. So, uh, uh, those are, I'm getting those. Um, and I've added the, the final empire to my, my reading list. So I'll, I'll get to that eventually. Yeah. This I'm, is I'm in the middle of, I'm, I'm towards the end of reading the, uh, the Godverse Chronicles by, uh, uh, Russell, no healthy, um, which is actually really good. So, okay. Yeah, this is set in almost what you might describe as a post-apocalyptic fantasy uh, setting, where oh, this is right up my alley. Then it was like it was like an event that would have destroyed humanity occurred. Well, it was stopped from occurring, but then, and I haven't finished the story yet, so I feel like I'm not really giving anything away because I don't know <laughs> the answer to this yet. But the guy who stopped it from happening then became ruler. And your ba- the story starts like he's already ruler and people are dissatisfied with how he's ruling. Um, and the whole story is about like a revolution that's trying to overthrow the guy. And the the event which he stopped from happening somehow turned him into what you what they consider to be like a godlike figure. They think he's immortal. They think he's omniscient. Um and these these folks believe that they can overthrow him because they don't think he's actually that powerful, right? That he's somehow fooled them into it or that it's all just, you know, he uses other ways to make himself look so po- look as powerful as he is. And, you know, some of the stuff in the story you can tell, like he's, like it's the beginning of each chapter, there is this little excerpt from what sounds like someone's journal. And as you're going through the story, you realize that the journal is the ruler's journal from while he was going to go defeat this thing, this, this evil that, uh, that he was going to do. And it was, uh, it's really, it's neat to hear like, like his viewpoint as the story progresses, right? You learn, you learn little bits about him without the whole story. You don't even really meet the guy so far, right? You just hear all these stories about him and these things from his journal. And it's, it's a, it's a really interesting way to, um, to like develop a character without actually having that character do anything in the story so far, except these things that are like, he did a thing and you're seeing the effects of it. Right. I don't know. I think it's, it's a really intriguing story and it's, it's right up my alley because of the the setting that it's in. I love post-apocalyptic stories. I don't know if you'd really call this post-apocalyptic. It kind of is kind of isn't. I love fantasy stories and you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I like it. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it sounds interesting. So I'm going to give it a whirl too. You should. 
So there's, it's a, there's it's seven story. there's seven books in the main in the main storyline, but I know that there's there's like a whole bunch of side stories yeah. that he's done as well. So yeah. I think there's there's a lot. Yeah. So it's it's been a good story so far. And this this last thing I threw in here just because I was like looking through Reddit just before the show started and I came across this thread. <laughs> this guy found a safe on the beach. Like a, a safe with a pin pad on the front. And he posts a picture of it on Reddit and he just says, I feel like I should be doing something about this. I don't know what he was implying, but he just posted a picture. And of course, everyone's like, you should be opening the safe to find out what's in it. And he goes, well, I picked it up and I turned it around and stuff. And it feels like there's something small and flat inside of it. You know, like maybe you're thinking an envelope or something. But, you know, I can't get into it, whatever. And then he left it there. Well, he goes back with a set of tools to get it open and um, the thing that he finds inside is just hilarious. But I almost don't want to tell you because I want you to go look at it <laughs> and see the uh, see if uh, if you find it as hilarious as I did. <laughs> there's a there's a post. I, I think it was highlighted in red. I think it, I don't know what that means on Reddit. If that it's that, like a highlighted post or something where it says, "Dude, the guy opened it," and here's pictures and, he, and there's pictures of what he found inside. <laughs> Now we're going to sit here in silence while Jason tries to find it. Yep. Now I'm scrolling through trying yeah. to figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, and of course, all the Redditors are like, you know, making jokes. I I got to say, I Reddit has been around a long time, and I didn't really get into it for a long time. And I, within the past year or so, probably since ditching other social media platforms, um, I uh, I got into it. And it, it really... It can be a terrible place, but it can be a very hilarious place because some of the people there are just like the number of threads I've seen where it's the first comment is some sort of an inside joke and then it gets carried out for four or five different responses. It's just it's a fun community. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, there and was yes, the, the, the conclusion to the safe is quite hilarious. <laughs> But that that one, there's a perfect example. There's a thread in inside of there where um, someone responds with, oh, no, not again. And off they go. Douglas Adams. Exactly. It was a reference to the pot of daisies or whatever from the, the from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yep. <laughs> and, Bowl of petunias. And they just petunias. That's it. And they just picked up right from there. And went on. Uh, anyway, Reddit is a terrible and hilarious place. And that it is, that it is. And that's everything I had for tonight. I know I didn't go on quite as long as Mark does, but I tried. <clears throat> mine's, so what are you mine's, doing? M- mine's even smaller. Um, I've spent the last week and a half building a bed. When you say a bed, you mean like a bed you sleep in, like that you're sleeping in or like no, I'm building a bed um, for the dog or something. <laughs> So my, my, my son is back living with us for a little while. Um, and okay. he wanted, they, they basically the, the, the room that he's in is, uh, not big enough for his stuff. Um, so in order to give him mm. more room, we're building him a loft bed. Um, mm. so I've, I've gone out and bought lumber and designed the bed and built the bed and it's in the, it's in the, uh, uh, stain and, and finish phase. So, uh, I'm podcasting and they're staining the bed. Oh, that sounds like a great delegation of labor. 
It is. It is. It, it was. It was basically like, you want a bed? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Stain this. You're staining it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if all goes well, uh, you know, it, the staining should be done by tomorrow, and then we just have to put the. Um, there's like a a, a rub-on poly that we're going to use to cover it. Um, so a coat or two of that, and then and then I think we're ready to put it put it together, and it should be installed and and everything this weekend. That's cool. We're and then, and then they will um, have a a loft bed. I'm tinkering around with making butcher block. Have you ever seen how how butcher block is made? Like, have you seen butcher block? Uh, like I, I've seen butcher and block cutting boards and stuff. Yeah, I, 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 are you doing the are doing the cubes or are you just doing the slats? Uh, so there's two different ways to make it. If you're going to make a cutting board, they say you should use end grain, which is when you get that cube look. So that's what I'm trying yep. to do. Right. And basically the, the concept is simple. You get hardwood, you cut it into slats or blocks in the way that you want to put them together, and then you glue them together. And then, of course, you finish the thing. Right. Um, yeah. So that's that's I, I've been tinkering with that. I didn't really talk about it yet because we're not done yet. And I'm not sure if it's really going to turn out because it's my first attempt. You're you're doing it as a cutting block. That's the goal. I thought a cutting board would be an easy first project. Yeah. So I, my understanding of. Doing a but using a like, like creating a butcher block cl- uh, cutting board is that you use a certain type of wood, and your finish is actually just oil. You, yeah, you oil the hell out of it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, it everything, absorbs the oil, and it lasts like forever. Everything I've read just says you have to use a hardwood, right? So, and what type of hardwood you use is based on what kind of finish you want, because all you do is oil it. You don't stain it or anything. Yeah. Um. So I just picked up some oak because oak is hardwood. I think it's oak. Yeah, oak. Um. I just got like an oak board from Lowe's because I figured this is my first attempt. I'm not going to go crazy and find some like hardwood vendor in the back alley somewhere, which is what everybody seems to do to get hardwood. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I know a guy. He's got a kiln. <laughs> and you're going to use like what, 10W20 oil on it or something? I don't know yet. I haven't gotten to the point where I have a board <laughs> that is. Whatever, what, whatever leftover engine oil you have. Yeah, I'm just going to dump in the oil that came out of the Jeep. <laughs> No, they, they say there's... The, it gives it the dark used look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the, I, the, the, the couple things I read about it, they recommended... Uh, some people recommend something like linseed oil. Yeah. Um, there was another one, but I, f- I forget the name of it. There's another oil that ba- people recommended. Ba- basically, you want a food-safe oil. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't want to use engine oil. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. But yeah, that'll be, I don't know, if I ever get it done, I'll talk about it on the show. But um, so far, I've got a series of these things glued together, and they're all uneven at the moment. I'm trying to figure out what the most time-effective way to even them out is. And um, a lot of people say use a planer, but I talked to my my dad, who does a lot of woodworking, and he says for end grain, a planer might not work all that well, because it might split the wood. So he said sanding is going to be your best bet, but if I try to sand this, it's going to take me like four weeks <laughs> of sanding to get them all level. So uh, no, yeah. you start you start with like a, a, a sixty grit. And no, you, you so do the, the rough sanding, and then you, you the, just... the the problem is right. So I took a board; it's like a one by six oak, right, and I cut it into two inch slats. Well, two and a quarter inch because I wanted to leave room for sanding, right? But the problem is that I use the radial arm saw to cut them, so they're not all exactly two and a quarter inches. Some of them are like 
maybe two and an eighth, and some of them are two and a half, right? So you ended up with this, like, you know, bookshelf look where they're like, ding, 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 ding. Sanding them will take forever because even an eighth inch of oak is going to take forever to sand down. So what I want to do is something that will, like, make them roughly even and then sand. But I don't know Just what to get, use to do that. <laughs> hit, it, hit, it, hit it with a belt sander. Yeah, that's that's what he said. He suggested. He said, "Get a belt sander," hit, hit which it with I a belt don't sander. have. That'll, that'll, that'll zip it right down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have a I, belt sander, so once I have one, I'll uh, I'll try that. I, I I very nearly owned one this weekend because I, I I was sort of in the same situation. I had a belt sander, and I have no idea where it went. That's fun. I, I, I don't I, have it. In, in, <laughs> So we've moved we've moved twice since I've owned it. I know I had it when we moved the first time. And in the most recent move into this house, I'm I'm almost positive I had it when we moved in and I have no idea where it is. Hmm. It's in a box it's just, somewhere. It's just it's just gone. No, I have it I have a the the tool chest that I have has a uh like a cabinet on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And when we moved it, Everything stayed in the cabinet because it was very convenient. I didn't have to put anything in a box. Just rolled it up, rolled it back down, and we're good. But now it's um, not in the cabinet? So it's <laughs> not in the cabinet. So, um, and unfortunately, like, I just got, uh, when, when my grandfather passed, I, I got all his old tools. Um, I'm, I'm the caretaker. It's actually supposed to go to my uncle, but if he never shows up, I have a whole set of tools. Um, so I've been, like, unboxing things and going through that, and... Uh, I haven't gone through every single box, but maybe there's a belt sander in there somewhere. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I'll be buying a belt sander because I, I was doing um, for the for the legs of the bed. They're just four by fours, four by four posts. Yeah. And I was sanding them down and the one just happened to be like super, super rough. And I was like, I can this is going to take me forever to, to sand this. I, you know, if I had a belt sander, I could just hit it real quick and be done. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have one. So I just threw, you know, like I said, I threw like a 60 grit sandpaper on there and just went at it for, you know, 10 minutes. And it actually, it, it, it cut it down really quick. What much quicker than I expected. Yeah. Um, well, it's, smooth, it's not perfect, but it's the legs. I don't, I mean, don't a, care if it's perfect. A softer wood you can get away with just hand sanding, but this, this hardwood, I tried it with my orbital sander and it just... I was at it for like 10 minutes and it felt like I didn't make any dent. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah. the, the shelves that I built that are behind me, th- those are red oak. Um, yeah. And sanding those took a while. So yeah. I, I, f- yeah. I feel your pain. So, yeah, uh, my my dad has a tabletop bench sand or belt. Yeah, belt sander, which I may just take it out to him uh, or I'll get my own. I don't know if I'm going to do these things. The, the goal was... Um, my wife got into this, what do they call it? Pyrography, where you burn into wood with uh, something that looks kind of like a soldering iron. And I thought, oh, this would be cool, right? We can make butcher block things, and she can burn artwork into them, and this might be a fun you know, thing for her to do in her spare time. So your wife is a pyro? She's a pyro, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it's great. Mine it's great. too. Yeah. Anyway, she's, I, she's not. She's not really burning things into wood, though. She's just. She's just burning things. She's lighting things on fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So I feel like I stole your chat. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. So it's a. So I've been working on the bed. Um, that's been going well. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, and then uh, I think the only thing that other thing that's really like I haven't. 
in my spare time, I finished that uh, uh, High on Life game, which was kind of hilarious. Oh, um, you were talking about that last time we recorded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's actually, it turns out it's a, it, was, it, was, it was a fun game. I think, it's, I think it was put together pretty well. Um, there's, some, there's some pretty racy dialogue in it. Um, but if you know, like, it's Rick and Morty style, so, yeah. you know. And uh, given, given uh, the recent news about Rick and Morty and, and the guy that's been booted from it and everything else, like, it's not really surprising, but I mean, the game was fun. Um, so that, that was play, playing that, and then uh, um, I got a new toy. So I got this little little yellow purple thing. Um, it's the uh, the play date from um, from Panic, the the Mac okay. software company. So it's got it's it's like a little Game Boy with a hand crank. <laughs> the hand crank is not to power it. Oh, to recharge it. I was hoping that's crank, what it was. The hand crank is part of the controller. <laughs> so it's it's a it's an e-ink display. Yeah. It, it's crazy how fast it updates. It's it's super smooth animation. It's really neat. Um, it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's got I don't know. There's like a half a dozen games on it. It's a, like I get new games sort of every once in a while. They're nothing that, you know, this isn't like anything you've ever heard of. This is all like indie games. Yeah. Uh, and and you are can, they, is it is it a monochrome e-ink display or is it color? No, it's monochrome. OK. Um, but it's it's uh, it, the whole thing is open so you can write your own games. Um, there's a like a game designer they have. You can sideload the whole nine yards. It's it's pretty slick. Um, <laughs> it's I've, funny. I've charged it. I've played with it for a while. Um, I've charged it once. Uh, it looks like the battery might, might finally, this is, I mean, I've had this for a week or two now, the battery might finally be going down. Um, but you know, it's, it's pretty slick. I've been waiting for it for, uh, like over a year. Um, but it's neat. It would just be awesome if the crank was how you charged it. That's what everybody thought it was when, when they first announced it, they're like, Oh, it's going to have a crank on the side. That's kind of cool. And then (laughs) they came out there like, no, no, it's not. Um, no, the, the the crank is for charging. It's for fishing games. <laughs> yeah, it's got pretty decent sound on it too. Um, so it's 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 pretty cool. Why a so I've been crank? With that. Why would they think a crank would be a good controller? Why not? So there's there's a there's a surfing game that you play. Okay. And the crank the crank changes the angle of the surfboard, <laughs> and when you do when you jump, you can spin the crank and have the surfboard do do like do circles <laughs> and stuff. So that's how you do all the tricks and everything. Um, there's another game that the crank uh, moves time forward and backward. Oh, okay. And, and it, so it moves, it kind of moves your guy through certain animations and you use it to avoid obstacles and have things fly over you and jump over stuff. And like it, it's, it, there's some, it's kind of a, they built it and they're like, okay, it's a crank. Uh, the crank is one of the the controller parts. It's also got like a deep, it's got a D pad and, and two buttons, so you can yeah. play like more traditional yeah. stuff. Yeah. But they're like, there's also this crank. This is how the crank works. And and you know we're we're looking for game submissions, and the so community went, hmm. <laughs> so it's so it's like we made a game system. It has a crank. Have fun. <laughs> yes, it's exactly what it was. Um, I think that's kind of uh, funny. <laughs> 
there's one where you, you like you create music, you like lay the music out and everything else and you use the crank to play the music and you just speed it up and slow it down. And <laughs> it, it's neat. It's really neat. How many fishing games are there? Uh, I haven't seen a fishing game yet. But I, I, I know there I know there is one that was coming. Um, I, I just haven't had it downloaded to my my play date yet. I just I just thought it would be hilarious. Like, you know, everybody goes to the same thing. Oh, we should make a fishing game. No, everyone's going to do that. And then no one makes a fishing game. Yeah, <laughs> no, they, they, they had one that was I, that, as far as I know, it was officially in the lineup for games that were coming out for. I mean, it, of so. course, there would be. There's got to be. It, it's got a crank on it. It must have a fishing yeah. game. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it it pops out of the case, and it's you know they they've you can open the thing up and and check out the insides like it's it's pretty accessible. Although I guess if I was designing a game for a game system with a crank on it, and it was a fishing game, I would make sure that the that the, that the crank did not reel in the fishing line. It did something else. <laughs> <laughs> Changes the angle of where you're. Yeah, right, right. The, to reel in the fishing line, you press the A button over and over and over again. <laughs> the, the crank drives the boat. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yep. So, so just that's, to be, be contrary. Yep. That's cool. It's a neat little system. Did you put a link for it in the. You didn't. Put a link for it in the. Uh, uh, I think it's play.date. I'll, so that, I'll, I'll put it so in there. So that people are like, what do you mean it has a crank? Can at least go see a picture of it. <laughs> it is. It's play.date. Yeah. That's hilarious. It has a crank. Uh, where am I? There. Now it's got a link, too. Yay. It's got a crank and a link. Collaborative documentation. It's wonderful. Yep. All right. Speaking of links, we should probably go on into the news. So let me hit the button. So speaking of clouds, we would be completely remiss if we did not cover this article tonight. And anyone who's watched any news related to IT or not in the past week probably has heard about this. And that is uh, this one's from CNN Business, although there's articles all over the place for it. Microsoft cloud outage hits users around the world. So apparently Microsoft had an outage. It affected Things like uh, Office 365 and what what do they call it? Outlook Online, Outlook 365, whatever it is. And, of course, the Azure Isn't that just Office 365? I don't know. Is it? I guess it is. I don't use it, so I don't know. Um, Yeah, and uh, Teams. uh, Teams, which I guess is also part of 365. Although uh, you don't necessarily have to have 365 to use Teams, right? Uh, Teams is just basically meeting software like Zoom and Google Meet and whatever, um, and I'm sure horrible a little, software. I'm yes. sure a lot of people depend on that in this new like post-COVID world that we live in, where everyone's remote now. But uh, yeah, you know, you know I, I was going to say I didn't notice, but uh, I think I did in that Teams broke a I week or two ago. I didn't. And I was like, oh, that's. Yeah, I, I think that's the only notice that I had about I, it. I don't I don't use Microsoft's stuff or Teams at all. Um, not that I'm necessarily opposed to it. I don't. I've used Teams and didn't really like it much, but you know, whatever. It's just another meeting software. Uh, meeting software is one of those things where you pick the one you hate the least, and that's the one you use. None of them, I think, are really great. 
if you get a choice. <laughs> if you get Some a choice, have no choice but right, to use what right. they tell us to use. But yeah, I have a choice. I can use Google Meet or Google Meet. What's the one company I worked for? The one company I worked for forced like that was it was the company line. You must use Skype. Was it Skype? No, it wasn't even Skype. It was uh, the predecessor to Skype. Uh, Link. You must use Link. That is the software that we have we are using. So you know we we would struggle with using because it, it was horrible. This is and I'm I'm not talking like 20 years ago. I'm talking literally two years ago. Yeah. It's like the job I I left before I came where I am now. Um, And that was their thing. You have to use Link. You have to use Link. And it sucked. And and yet the executives all had Zoom accounts. (laughs) (laughs) And and every time we had an executive meeting, we had to do it through Zoom. Because Because they had their own purchasing cards. That's why. (laughs) Well, that and because you could like any tried to do more than like five people on link that thing would fall over yeah but that's what they made you use it was was bad that's funny yep so anyway the microsoft outage um i believe it was a an azure outage but that but because all of these services depend on azure that's why they all went down but they list them all in the article um probably because they don't know any better but uh they're blaming on blaming it on a network change that was pushed out that they had to roll back now they didn't elaborate as to what that change was. They may never elaborate as to what that change was. At least it's not in this article. Um, but yeah, Azure was down. They said... Yeah, a networking outage knocked out your cloud provider, yeah. which is pretty much what happens for every cloud provider. It's usually a network outage of some sort. We yeah, pushed, I mean... We pushed a networking change and it broke everything. Oops, yeah, sorry. right, right. So, um, yeah, this isn't necessarily to to diss Azure because uh, AWS has similar I- issues from time to time. And we talk about those at the same time, you know, on this show, but um, yeah. Outage. Azure. That is broke. Cloud provider. Broke. All right. The next one you included, and I'm really happy you did. You want to talk about this one from the verge? I mean, I have no vested interest in this, but uh, remember that Google Stadia thing? Uh-huh. That, that, you know, it was the I've, best I've, thing ever. I've heard of then, it. I've heard of and it. And then wasn't. Um, so the, it, no, no, no. It was never the best thing ever. Don't even say when, that. When, <laughs> when we last talked, Google Stadia had been canceled. Uh, and they were they were totally promising that, yeah, you can – we'll totally put out software so you can continue using your Google Stadia controller for other things. Uh, and uh, – and, and, and for once in their life, Google did exactly that. So the new See, Bluetooth low energy support for Stadia is out. I, I hadn't heard that they were going to do something to try to make the controller still usable. That that was kind of news to me. I was surprised at this article. Maybe I had just missed it because they, they refunded all of us for the hardware we bought and the games. Right. I mean, yeah. like, like I, I am legitimately surprised at how good they're being to the to the Stadia customers. They are now ousting. <laughs> Maybe they had to legally. Maybe they're doing it because they feel like it's the right thing. I don't know. But um, they refunded me all the money I spent on the Chromecast Ultra and the two Stadia controllers that I bought with the launch edition or whatever when, when the thing was first released. And I didn't have to send any of it back or anything. They just refunded me all the money for it. So now I have free controllers. Here's one right here. I just went through the unlock, or not the unlock, but the Bluetooth uh, procedure that's outlined in this article. 
I did this one using my MacBook that I use for work, and I did my other one using my Windows machine just to see if the process was any different. And since it's all browser-based, it was identical. The only difference is that macOS made me confirm um, that, because macOS has that extra layer of security when you interact with devices, um, it made yep. me confirm those each time. So if you're not careful and you're on a Mac, that could bite you if you don't approve that before you go to the next step in the browser. But otherwise, it was an identical procedure, and it worked. They're both set up for Bluetooth now. Um, I've talked before on the show about that little emulator that I have that makes the Stadia controller show up as an Xbox controller, which for some games you have to do because they don't recognize the Stadia controller. That still works after they've been converted to Bluetooth. So basically... I connect the controller to the machine using Bluetooth. I run that emulator, and then the games that previously recognized it when I had it plugged in USB as an Xbox controller now recognize it as an Xbox controller over Bluetooth. So it's pretty damn yeah. seamless. It works. Yeah. There, there are a couple of caveats. Um, caveat number one is that you only have until December 31st to update your controllers. That seems weird. <laughs> it does seem weird. i not entirely certain why a firmware update wouldn't work after December 31st. It's probably okay, be sure. because it's browser-based, right? And they have to, that that, prob that has some cost to it, right? They have to host that. Maybe that's why? I don't know. Yes, uh, yes. I'm sure it costs millions of dollars for, for Google to host a site yeah, like that. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's a service they want to be done with. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suspect that, it will be you will be able to update it after December 31st through third parties. Um, I, I don't yeah. think it's going to be. That's my I, guess. I'm sure too. somebody will clone it and make it available. Someone's um, going to find a way know. to clone it so you can still do it after the fact. Yeah. I mean, come on. The fact um, that an emulator existed for me to use this thing with games with Xbox controllers means that people care about these controllers and right. someone's going to clone it somehow or make a third right. party so, tool that does the same thing or something. So apparently the update disables the proprietary Wi-Fi that's on the Stadia controller and replaces it with Bluetooth low energy, uh, yeah. which is a, a nifty, a nifty trick. Um, so you, the proprietary Wi-Fi won't work anymore. Which means nothing in, unless you intend to play it on Stadia again. Yeah. Which yep. you won't be able to um, do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess there's a bunch of workarounds or something that pe people were using with yeah. these controllers to connect to like Android and yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Um, so that won't work anymore because, well, Wi-Fi doesn't work anymore. But it's a but BLE device now, so, now so you don't Bluetooth, have to work around so, anymore. Now it's yeah. just natively supported. Yeah, uh, right. And right. apparently it won't work with wired headphones anymore. So right. you, you have to... Your headphones would have to either connect to the other device or on the, you have to pair them VLE or, you know, yeah, whatever. On the bottom of the controller, there's a headphone jack similar to like an Xbox controller. I don't know why that had to go away in the update, but it did. I didn't use it anyway, right. so I don't really care. Um, and I guess... Uh, so this article came out before Stadia shut down, so I guess Stadia is shut down now? Yeah, it said if you wanted to play Stadia again, you won't be able to. And it said you'll have to do that in the next two days or something because that's when yeah. it's shutting down. <laughs> yep. So the proprietary Wi-Fi, unless you had some third-party thing that used it, which I don't know of any. Maybe there was something. Um, you know, you 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 won't be able to use it with those anymore. Uh, and it's irreversible. They say that during the process, you can't go back. Once you've done this, you cannot change it back. So I did one of them. 
and then tested it with the games that I've used it with to make sure that it still worked for those things, like with that emulator. And when I realized it did, I quickly did the other one. So mine are done. Yeah. yeah so Steam Steam did something years ago. Steam had the uh, Steam controller. Yeah. Um, of which which I have one. Yeah. Um, and I I think it's it's I think it's a great controller. Uh, but they did something similar too, where where it had some support for stuff, and then they sort of phased it out over time. Um, and the controller is not really supported anymore. But there's a Bluetooth, like there's a final firmware update for it that enables Bluetooth. So you know, I can I can actually Bluetooth my Steam controller to my Steam Deck now, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and that that's the same stance I have with these things, right? Like, yes, I paid for a service that is now gone. I got refunded for that service. The only thing that I'm out is any uh, service fees that I paid while I was a subscriber to it, which was like 10 bucks a month. But I was playing games on it at the time, so I still got some value out of that money, right? Um, yeah. The fact that I get to keep the controllers, the fact that they let me unlock them so they're now Bluetooth controllers, uh, the fact that they refunded all that money, not all of it, but, you know, the Stadia games I purchased and the the hardware I purchased. I mean, I can't complain about how they've handled this. I yeah, mean, I can no, complain they, about the fact that it went away, but I wasn't really that upset when it went away. <laughs> if you're a Google customer, you should be used to that. Yeah, right. I The day I bought it, I'm like, there is a 50-50% chance this is actually going to be a long-term service. So I expected this from day one. <laughs> yeah yep so yeah all right i, I know uh, we have listeners that have stadia hardware now you have a way to set it to make it bluetooth speaking speaking of services shutting down um did you did you hear about the 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 all the air the airlines that shut down and and yeah, couldn't fly a couple weeks ago it's really funny because I've only recently started to try to get myself over the aversion to flying that I've had for most of my adult life. In fact, most of my life in general. And then stuff like this happens. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is this is how we do. We're doing this. Uh, this is from CNBC. Yep. Uh, FAA system outage disrupts thousands of flights across U.S. Um, so this is this is actually two weeks ago. It's not anything super yeah. recent. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, at like nine o'clock in the morning, the FAA ordered all airlines uh, to stop departing <laughs> because something went wonky and their systems were all sorts of screwed up. Um, so I, I don't know if they thought it was a cyber attack, but um, there was a there was a problem. Um, they they started saying, you know, they, they they came out stating like, we're not sure that's a cyber attack, but there's a problem and our systems are down. So they're I, – I, I'm not even sure what system it was, to be honest, but apparently it was integral. Oh, not the NOTAM. NOTAM? NOTAM system? Um, I don't know what that is. No idea. Uh, NOTAM is a notice containing information essential to personnel – Concerned with flight operations. Uh, okay. So it's, their, it's a, their it's a SMS, notification system. Their, their yes. SMS system went down. They couldn't send IMs. Yeah. <laughs> notice, notice, notice to airmen. Notice to airmen. Apparently that's what the name of the system is. Notice to airmen. What about air women? Uh, I, they should rename sexist. it. It should I, be notice to air persons. Yeah, it should. No tap. No tap. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, uh, so this system went down. Um, people freaked out. Uh, they they started trying to figure out what was going on. Um, and it turns out the issue resulted from a corrupted system file. Um, they, they, they kind of went through figuring out what was going on. They rebooted the system and, uh, I, I guess that didn't fix it either. And the problem was that both the primary and the backup systems are down because, you know, you think something that's this important as a backup system. No, uh, they were both down. Um, because they were both fed by the same bad data. Oh. In the end, it turns out what happened is that they were, I guess they were replicating a database between the two systems oh. and the consultants or the employees, I'm not sure if it's consultants or not, uh, that were doing this deleted a bunch of files that they thought were not important. Um, and wouldn't you know, Turns out that they're super important files. So, uh, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the change was replicated across the system. <laughs> uh, so a, da- a, d- a database replication caused a Folks, massive replicas across the U.S. Replicas are not backups. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. And I assume they had backups. Otherwise, they would probably still be down. <laughs> I, I don't know if there were backups or if they figured out what the issue is and fixed it um i, I just the uh, i just thought it was really funny it is kind <laughs> it was, of funny. It was very funny it is kind of funny it reminds me of the time that i took down the hypervisors at the college yeah well so. the thing that managed the hypervisors by one freaking typo <laughs> yep one yeah, that's all, i mean one number uh, off <laughs> that's all it takes um and uh, it, it is. happens. It, uh, is. it does happen. You know, uh, it's surprising it doesn't happen more often, but it happens. Well, the question is, when it happens, do you have a backup that you can quickly restore from? And in my case, I did not. I did after. <laughs> that didn't help you. If you only had a time machine, you could just send If it back I only to had yourself. a time machine, yeah. Yeah, the first thing I did after I restored those systems was set up backups. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, that was embarrassing. So. That was embarrassing. Anyway, I think, I think this next one is yours. Nothing like running a podcast called The Iron Sysadmin and then making such a stupid mistake without backups, right? <laughs> well, uh, you did, you did it before you started the podcast, didn't you? No, no, we we had no. The was it during? Okay, time. yeah, I, was I talked about it. I talked about it on the podcast. the The episode yeah. was called "Don't Be Like Nate." <laughs> that that was dumb, Nate. Shouldn't have that done was, that. That was dumb. You're, shouldn't you're a bad have, example. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. All right. Uh, in fact, that was like only a year before I left the college. So, yeah, we were absolutely doing the podcast at the time. My God, have we been podcasting that long? That's uh, four years yes. ago. That's four years ago. Yep, we've been podcasting that long. My God. Why aren't we millionaires by now? Shouldn't we? Aren't we supposed to be millionaires um, by now? Uh, yes. Maybe I don't Maybe know. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it wrong. I'm not monetizing properly. I guess. Anyway, our next uh, our next article is from The Verge. Uh, why are so many tech companies laying people off right now? Uh, and this is, I would call it an opinion piece, but it is backed by experts. Like they've interviewed experts about this. Uh, this was actually shared by some folks in our Discord community. Um, 
and I just kind of read it quickly before the show, and I thought it was worth including because this is a legitimate thing that's happening right now in the tech industry. There are a ton of big tech companies that are laying off a ton of people. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of tech workers that are now out of jobs. And this this article kind of goes into why they might be doing it. Um, I'm not going to, like, claim to be a financial analyst. I'm basically going on what the article says. Uh, so you may have opinions. You may not. Um, don't flame me, please. But basically, they're suggesting that layoffs don't actually save companies money because the thing laying people off may save you in salaries. It may save you in, you know, all the costs associated with having an employee, but they also lower your revenue because now you have less people being productive. Now, I'd imagine if you're intelligent about your layoffs and all the people you've laid off were actually not doing anything anyway, then maybe you'll save some money. But um, the article suggests that in most cases, that just isn't the case, right? I don't know how, I, I don't claim to understand how companies decide who to lay off when they're laying off thousands of people, but I got to imagine they are hitting productive employees in cases, you know, where they're laying off thousands, right? Um, and the article suggests that the reason so many big, so, so many tech companies, and they name a number of them, people like Meta, uh, I don't want to get the names wrong because I don't want to be like, uh, so let's see, Meta, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Salesforce, Spotify, and Stripe all have very similar responses to why they laid off all these people. And they're basically blaming the boom that they got in revenue from COVID because all of a sudden everybody went remote. And uh, that has now fallen off. And because it's falling off, they have to lay off workers, right? And the article suggests that, you know, either that's really, really, really poor planning or it's more like a movement where, oh, well, they did it. You know, Meta says Google did it, so I'm going to do it too because of investors, right? So investors look at, this thing they're calling like revenue per worker or something. And they say there should be, there's a, there's a target number for this, which is like 500,000 per worker or something. And when you're not meeting that, when that's too low, then they start to think, oh, we have too many people. Investors start to think you have too many people. And if investors think you have too many people, investors stop giving you money, right? And of course that's bad for business. So even if they're not losing money, even if they're not actually hurting, they're not actually about to go bankrupt, they lay people off because it looks better for investors, which, my God, this feels like such horseshit to me. <laughs> but it's the reality all, all, of capitalism, I guess. <laughs> all hail the cult of capitalism. Yeah, right? Um, so, and I'm not trying to make light of all, you, of all the people who have lost their jobs, because I'm sure somebody might be listening to this show that has been affected by these layoffs. But if I were you, I'd be extra pissed after reading this article. <laughs> but it, it's – I mean it's always the same thing. Like, you know, like they laid off a, a ton of people were – at my previous job, they laid off a ton of people and they blamed it on COVID. Yeah. And, and and it was like, the, you know, the, what was ridiculous was like they were more – they were more in the physical space. So, yeah, they had, a, they had people not coming in as often. Um, but – 
they figured out how to do it and make sure that they had COVID precautions and everything else in place because that's the type of company they were. And all they did when laying people off was burn out everybody else because yeah. the same amount of work was there. Yep. That's, we, that's, you know, instead of having, you know, I think we had f- uh, four, well, there, there were three people in on my team and they, they knocked it down to, to two people because, you know, we were one of the small teams, but everybody had to, everybody had to take a hit, whether you, you know, and we were horribly overloaded with the three people that we had. I mean, right. we should have had a headcount of six or seven easily right. to, to do all the work that they wanted. Um, but we had to take one for the team too. And then shortly after that, you know, it was, it was probably a couple months later. They were like, you know, they were like, okay, you need to hire people. You don't, you, you don't have enough people. I was like, well, what was the point of getting rid of people? Well, you got rid of people. Of course you don't have enough people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, and then things didn't improve and, and the, the entire team quit anyway, which is hilarious. I'm, but. I'm happy to say that even though our parent company has laid people off, IBM is one of the companies that has publicly laid off people. Um, Red Hat's not talking about any layoffs, which makes me happy. Now, we are doing other things to try to cut expenses and whatever, and I'm not really going to go into that on the show. But they've told us that their number one goal is to make sure that everyone who wants to be at Red Hat can stay there. So I'm really happy to hear that. Every company should always be looking at their expenses, always, regardless of whether you're in a growth period or not. You should be looking at your expenses and figuring out what is what you should be spending on and what you shouldn't be spending on. If if your company is not turning a profit, then that's bad for everyone that works there, right? Because it's eventually going to fail. But so yes, even, you got to be responsible even, with that stuff, right? Even if you're turning a profit, you should be looking and, and making sure that you're yeah. only yeah. paying for things that you should be paying for, right? Like, you know, I, I've worked for companies that you know, once a year will come back and go, okay, you know, let's look at the stuff that that you know we've been spending money on. We have to we have to tighten our belts and everything else. And you look and you're like, well, you spent ten million dollars on that, and they're like, well, we we're going to cut that. You know, and the next year comes around and you're like, well, that's still on your list. Like what happened? Well, yeah, Bob needed it like like come or on. or you cut like, it and then something else was costing you ten million dollars that that picked up in its yeah. place. Right. And it's oh, we're going to cut yeah. that. And, and then, yeah. And, yeah. And it seems like like even even when when I went through layoffs most recently, like the it was they did the layoffs. And then they went, oh, we, we really need to tighten our belts, so we're going to have to go through all the, the, the you know, what we're spending things on, spending on things. It maybe like, you well, should have done that you, first. Why don't you do that in reverse, right? Yeah, like, maybe do that do before that you cut off people's yeah. livelihoods. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that feels like it's the way it's being handled at Red Hat. And again, like, it's not a thing I can talk about freely on the air, but I'll just say that I, I feel okay about, you know, where where I am and, and uh, the, the direction things are going, so... And I'm glad to say that because <laughs> we're a single yeah, income I, family, right? And that would be pretty devastating. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so I, I need redundancy in my, in my, uh, occupation apparently. Right. Cause I'm, I'm a single point of failure. Yes. Yeah. You should clone yourself. <laughs> I need make a backup. Make a backup. I need a yeah. backup job that's just ready to go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All so, right. Speaking of, uh, remember that FAA story we talked about with the whole, uh-huh. you know, oops, we, we broke a thing and it, oops, it knocked we yeah, broke so, it so, again. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so this, uh, this article is from Bloomberg, okay. uh, Nisey mayhem traced to a staffer who left a backup system running. 
So uh, this one is uh, uh, this week, I believe. Yeah, on Tuesday. Um, if, if if you're in the stock market at all, um, you, you may have I noticed mean, that I've I've never heard it pronounced Nizy before. So if anybody's not sure what he means by Nizy, the New York New, Stock New York Exchange. Stock Exchange. <laughs> Ni- I've never heard it pronounced anything other than Nizy, but okay. I've um, never heard it pronounced. <laughs> I've always uh, heard it extra- expanded to the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> anyway, so, sorry, I didn't mean to so, dis- um, distract there. If you're if you're in the if you're in the financial game at all, uh, you may have noticed on Tuesday that things went a little weird. Uh, um, some craziness happened. Um, the, uh, the the systems were shut down. Uh, trading was stopped. All sorts of craziness. Um, so so I, I actually have personal experience with this because I worked on a trading system. Um, when, when the system, when the uh, when trading is halted for the day, so, so basically the trading systems typically work where they, they have a bunch of it's almost like cron jobs. They have a bunch of timers that say that on this day at this time the market opens, on this day at this time the market closes, and there's a bunch of there's like a, a lot more than that. There's timers that that calculate things and and do certain certain steps, um, and it's it's pretty much all automated. Um, you can interfere with it if you if you have the permissions to, but it's pretty much all automated. Well, apparently, when trading is halted for NYSE, uh, they do a series of exercises, I guess, to do to, to do backups and test things and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they have this whole big procedure. So overnight, all of this stuff happens after the market is closed. Mm-hmm. And part of that procedure is before opening bell the next day, all the systems are sh- all of the backup systems are shut down. <laughs> now we know why. Makes sense. Uh, apparently, what happened is one of the backup systems was left on um, because humans are humans and they screw things up every once in a while. Right. And I guess what happened is because the backup system stayed online when the exchange hit the opening bell instead of knowing that it was the opening bell there's like a bunch of calculations that it does based on overnight trades and so it figures out what the starting prices are going to be for the day mm-hmm. but because of this backup system that was up it thought it was resuming trading as opposed to starting the trading day so it oh. never did the calculations to figure out what the prices should be so it never did those calculations and then all of the day's incoming trades came in, hit the system with whatever the prices were that they had set, which were very wrong, which caused <laughs> which caused a lot of algorithmic trades to go nuts because they were like, this stuff is either too either uh, um, the prices are higher than we expected or lower than we expected based on all this. So they went nuts. They're selling and buying and everything else, which caused everything to sort of go crazy and tripped what they call circuit breakers because the trading just went so wild. Right. Um, so a circuit breaker basically says um, a, a given stock or a given asset can move a certain amount in a certain time. Some of the, some of the, there, there's, there's circuit breakers that say that you can only move, you know, for the entire day, you can only move so much or for, you know, for the next 30 seconds, you can move so much, whatever. Uh, well, it, it started tripping circuit breakers left and right, which halts tradings on those assets. Uh, and then they sort of realized there was a problem, scratched their heads and shut down the whole thing before it went even more wild. Right. And I guess in the end, um, 
there's lots of firms that are submitting claims to recoup their losses because you know they've traded on bad data, right? Uh, and and I guess uh, they've they've fixed the problem. Although you know if they haven't fixed the workflow, it, there should be like personally, I think there should be things in place that say like if this is running, we shouldn't open, or you know there should be maybe there is better no. fail safes in place. Uh, it's only been a couple of days, but maybe. Um, yeah. And I, I guess at the end, they're, they're, Tuesday, the exchange announced that it would unwind the most egre- egregious uh, transactions. So you know, maybe not everything's going to get unwound and, and returned, but some of them will. But uh, you'd, you'd think, I mean, this, this sounds complicated, but you'd think that based on timestamp data, they could roll that stuff back. They can, they can absolutely roll it all back. Yeah, and it's not. It's not. Um, I would say it's not hard. I mean, it's it's not hard to unroll it, um, but obviously it screws up the bottom line for everybody because you know those trades now didn't actually happen, and you know whether they unwind it or they leave it, somebody's going to be in a bad spot because of it. You know, if you unwind it, everybody loses out on the trades that they thought they had. If you, if yeah. you don't unwind it, they lose. You know. So it's but there's, yeah. I they get have a, how that's. You'd think though, like the folks who benefited from trades that were made on bad data, like I'm sorry, but you shouldn't have had those trades anyway, right? Yeah. So yes, they lose a, out, but I don't know. It feels like that's the right move instead of letting all these folks who lost money or yeah whatever they, on the they, bad they data. Tend to, they tend to unwind this sort of stuff when this when things like this happen. Um, <clears> there's a there's a pretty uh, uh, thick set of rules that they they abide yeah. by to yeah. to deal with this sort of situation. So so that at least is in place so they can deal with it. But uh, um, yeah, so even even <laughs> they, can, uh, they can deal with the problem, but they didn't have stuff in place to prevent it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, but they had backups. Yeah. They had a backup site. It was a remote site. They did yeah, all the no, right that's, things from the backup that's all perspective, good. and it still bit yeah, them. That's all good. That's all good. Yeah. I, yeah, I could just imagine. Because I've I've seen situations like that where your backup system is online and it's it's conflicting with your production system because you brought it on for a backup test or whatever and now data is going to it when it shouldn't be that kind of thing because you yeah. didn't route something the right way or you didn't turn it off when you brought the live backup or whatever yeah I when I when I read the title of the article I couldn't read the article because it's behind a paywall but uh, when I read the title of the article that was exactly where my, where my brain went yeah apparently Bloomberg has a Paywall, or it does for me. I'm. I don't know. I'm not logged in. To open it in an incognito window. I'm yeah. not logged in, and it, and I got there. So I, yeah. I, apologies if it is a paywall. I I just clicked on it and it opened. I mean, so. maybe it's one of these paywalls where you just have to click a button, and I didn't want to click it. I don't remember, but yeah. I didn't see. So but anyway, yeah. If if you if you do read to the bottom of the article, um, it's it's a lot of people moaning and gro- moaning and groaning about you know how nice is bad and. And, you know, it's unfair that they rolled it back or it's unfair that they're not rolling it back or, you know, people are going to get. Well, yeah, no one's no one's going to be happy on either side because some people benefited from it. Some people lost from it. The people that lost when it rolled back, the people that benefited don't. Right. Because people are people. Yep. People are greedy. So it's like the theme for the night. Hail capitalism, right? (laughs) Yep. All hail the cult of capitalism. All right, so that's it for the news. We can make up some news or we could just finish the podcast. What do you want to do? Make up some news? 
I kind of want to see what kind of news you're going to make up, but uh, um, no. at the moment I'm too tired to make up news, and if I did, it would make no sense. So uh, rather than make our podcast Fox News, um, I think we should end it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, if you're going to make up news, <laughs> all right, all right. This uh, this is not Twitter. We're not just making stuff up here. You're right. You're right. We're not just making stuff up here. All right. So if you watched live tonight, thank you for watching. Uh, if you want to watch us live, you should look us up on YouTube or Twitch. Just look for the Iron System in podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, still on Twitter, although really all I'm getting on Twitter is bots. Um, or you can find me on Mastodon. I think I put it in. The, yeah, it's in the in the the links for our social links in the notes now. I've remembered to add it now. Uh, find me on Mastodon. I'll be sharing stuff there. Uh, we've been tinkering with Owncast, although it didn't work tonight. I guess that's the problem with self-hosting things sometimes. They don't they don't work right. Uh, but if you are very adamant that you don't want to support Twitch or YouTube, you could theoretically follow us there. But anyway. Um, yeah, if you want to join our Discord community, you can do so on... Uh, there's a link... I can't read this off. It's too random. Uh, we've also got the Matrix space back. The two of them are bridged. So if you want Matrix instead of Discord, you can go to Matrix and get mostly all of the same stuff. I think the only stuff that isn't bridged are like the private spaces we use for like internal host chat and Patreon and whatever. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, I think that's about a wrap for tonight. I want to thank you guys for watching. If you want to support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash ironsysadmin. And with that, I think that's everything. You got any last words for the night? Thinking hard. Uh, purple. Purple. That's a good one. Purple dinosaurs. Purple. Uh, that'll be my words for the last night. Purple dinosaurs. All right, folks. L last words. That's it. Uh, so I can't say good night? I think I already did. Well, you asked me if there were any last words. I gave them to you, and now you want to say more words. Sorry. All right. Well, uh... I Purple dinosaurs, folks. See you next time.